Hello, 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 and welcome to Shedcast, the official podcast of the Shedsborough Fringe Festival 2021. This is where you will find all of the backstage chat with the artists and, of course, me. If, however, you are sitting at home thinking, who is this lassie and what's she done with Brian? Do not fear. He will be joining me later in the run where we were going where we are going to be doing a bit of a, a tag team situation. We're going to do like tagging in and tagging out thing. If anyone watched um wrestling or still watches wrestling, you will know what I mean by that. Last night we continued our streak of sensational Shedmer artists with Helen Bauer and Sakisa, and what a joy it was to have them here. They each did 20 minutes of stand-up in our shed and then came and joined me for a blather and some good old-fashioned nonsense-making. Nonsense-making. Well, you heard it here first, folks. That was nonsense-making. That was nonsense, is what it was. Both women really did put the she in Shedenborough and brought us two funny-ass sets. I was also red to filth for looking like a vegan, Given some in-the-know information about tourism hotspots in London, Shrek Adventure was the top of the list for anyone interested. Given some top-class insider information about what it takes to be a comic and they lifted the lid a little on comedy Zoom sets, which was really interesting. Now it is time for my guests of the day. It is Helen Bauer and Sakisa and we are putting it together. Disorientated, happy, excited, confused. Mm-hmm. Sakisa? I'm feeling sexy. Which That's the nicer answer. You should be feeling sexy yeah. because it was a damn, damn sexy set. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's just the pure madness of performing a set to cameras. Yeah. So it's like, it's so weird. We have been doing Zoom gigs much over the last year, but over the last couple of months, gigs have been back. So it's almost like relearning a skill that we just learned and have immediately forgotten as well. Exactly, like there's hardly anyone apart from the camera mm-hmm. crew who we did love. The camera crew were lovely, the two lovely lads in the yeah. audience. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you're not getting much from them because the, the mask is on. Yeah. And they're, and doing they're trying their... to work. The, the, the eyes thing. say everything. The mm-hmm. eyes tell me everything I need to know. Could you see their eyes though? Just about. The white man I could. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about why comedy? How did you get into the profession? I'll go first. You go first. Um, so I really wanted to do it, but I thought if I said I wanted to do it, then everyone would know when I failed. So I pretended I didn't want to do it for years. And then I moved to Germany when I was like 22, 23, because I fell in love with a guy. He said, I don't fancy you back. And I was 22. So I was like, well, if I move country, he'll realise how much he loves me and come and get me. So mm-hmm. instead I left and he got a girlfriend. <laughs> Lol. Is this one of the people that didn't know you were going out? Yeah, one. Yeah, well, well done, Elaine, for listening. Yeah, yeah, one of the people that I counted as a relationship and he didn't count it. Brilliant. Well, good. You don't need homework. Yeah, she's a fucking bitch. <laughs> I mean, she, I energy? feel like she's done some Why research on your life. Like, go fuck herself. Uh, I, done like a proper history on you. I was like, so I moved country, and I was like, well, if I'm not going to do it here, when I've got no one I know on a really small scene, I'm never gonna do it. So I started and I was one of the people that started and immediately was like, yeah, this is everything. Mm-hmm. This is everything. I loved it so, so much. I never took a break until lockdown came. And even then I was like straight on the online games. Mm-hmm. I just think it is the most wonderful thing saying something 
incredibly personal or something you think is taboo just to you and people laughing and recognising it and you're just sort of like oh this is just lush also the attention obviously can I just also say if there is like after this there's like you doing interviews with some of Helen exes I would really love that just are, are some of them here where? No, obviously they're not in the building. I was no, no, no. I meant are some of them on the on the schedule, the schedule. No, no, no. I was like, I thought you meant I was going to speak to some of them. No, I was like, I was like hoping that maybe you had all... done like some proper research, found them, and I had them outside. Yeah. And For then... all my problem with men, I never went down the male comic group. Never. I that is one of my proudest things I can say about myself. Yeah. I'm, never, I'm not going to say never say never, but don't shit where you eat. That's the thing, and also mm-hmm. like. There's always history. They've always gone out with someone else before, and st- I just don't want to be involved in it. Mm. Also, like, how attractive are comedians anyway? I'm putting <laughs> myself in that. Like, you're sexy as fuck. Well, we're, we're, we can be attractive, but I just think as personalities, it's just a lot of ego. I don't want to go out with me. Mm. Hmm. So, what was your? Why did you choose comedy? I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it chose me. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> hate you. Uh, I was working behind a bar, which is how I met Helen properly Helen. for the proper first time. I was working behind a bar in Stockwell called the Cavernish Arms. I was there, I've been there for a very long time. Uh, whilst I was doing this, several other things in my life, and my landlord said, "Who runs the bar? Why don't you do stand-up comedy?" So I was like, "No." And she was like, "Just do it on the stage and do it," and then went on stage and riffed for five minutes about lines, and it was the worst thing ever. Um, about lions pe- lions yeah I feel like lions shouldn't be caged in zoos they should be free and then I was it was a news story at the time that came out about one of the lions mm-hmm. eating someone I was like of course the lion's gonna eat someone it's a fucking lion okay where was this somewhere in America probably uh, like Tiger King yeah so. I'm really not into zoos yeah it's not the vibe I find zoos really and it's it, as an, I, I think we're kind of like almost hoodwinked as children into finding mm-hmm. zoos fun mm-hmm and then you become an adult and yeah. and you're like, oh, these, these things are gross. Yeah, they just can't, like, let these lions be free, for God's sake. I want these lions to and be free. And I know there's a whole conservation situation stuff, but I'm like, if humans there's weren't so shit, we wouldn't have to, it, if yeah. humans weren't so, so shit though, we wouldn't have to be, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have to be conserve, conserving them. Yeah. Is that the right, you know, we could just let them do their thing, but humans are awful. Yeah, this is why we're apparently going to die in about, 40 years time isn't it 40 less than that now is no it? what's this we're all climate change, climate change. Um, what <laughs> oh where have you been have you not been paying attention to david attenborough come on now do you know what? what i'm saying go to the shrek adventure now before it's too late what has been your kind of one of the biggest kind of le- learning curves for you over the past year 18 months nearly two years i need to stop doing so many gigs <laughs> i love the gigs keep giving me the gigs but yeah i'm tired <laughs> do you find that stopping working so much made you kind of reevaluate what's important for sure yeah i definitely i was not welcoming the break like i know some people were i was definitely still like really enjoying like gigging all the time and all of that but um, it definitely made me stop and think, like, what do I really want to be doing? Like, what are my goals? But I think everything I'm, I've learned, I'm still learning. Like, you know when you learn something and you still don't actually follow it? Like, I know that I shouldn't look sideways or compare myself to others. And I know that, but I can't stop doing it sometimes still. Yeah. I, I know one of Helen's goals during lockdown was to get... Do you find sometimes, like, 
if you've had a really hard gig and you've now, do you ever think, why am I, what, what am I doing here? Oh, I just eat 150 chicken wings. That's what happens. Um, yeah. I get it after good gigs as well sometimes. Mm-hmm. That I eat 150 chicken wings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Treat you myself. You can have a good gig and a terrible gig and both of them you can sort of but like I think you'd have it in any job and you're just sort of like what's the point what am I doing but I think that's just when you were like oh this is just depression <laughs> yeah. yeah I think part of comedy is acknowledgement and you have to have it if you don't get the acknowledgement that you receive or require then you feel end up feeling a bit shitty like why am I doing this am I not good enough but one thing I've realised is you just have to be yourself mm-hmm. and then if you've got funny bones you've got funny bones same with every job yeah. you're going to be despondent about it half the time mm-hmm. it happens but overall you know you love it and I think that's the one thing a lot of people did get from lockdown is either but finding out if you liked your job or not and yeah. some friends realised how happy they were that they didn't have to work and they were like wait do I hate what I do whereas I was like so miserable that it went I was like oh that's kind of nice <laughs> it's yeah. nice that I'm miserable what was Zoom stand ups like how, how did that feel <laughs> They got better. The yeah. first ones were really oh, tough. The could first you ones, hear the audience? So the first ones you couldn't. You, you couldn't because they didn't have... Zoom had not been upgraded at that point. As as lockdown had happened, Zoom upgraded as it went along. Yeah. The first gigs, I don't know about you, Helen, but I got like was doing shows online and people started hacking into them and putting up gay porn on oh no i did not experience oh that. did you not i got i did at least three gigs where uh, people were hacked into Zoom it bombers. and like started putting in gay porn on it and it was just really red but um yeah now it's been evolved where you could see the audience hear the audience and it could be controlled in a certain way if you've got zoom pro um <laughs> do you have zoom pro sakisa i might have zoom pro fab i do not have zoom pro <laughs> me neither but you did go to drama school. I, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did. I, I shouldn't have met. I shouldn't have mentioned I'm it. So a lot, a lot of my life was spent on Zoom. Like meetings. Now, podcast yeah. was done on Zoom, and I was doing. You have uh, a podcast? Not me, but she does. But mm-hmm. I, people would, as oh. it, as as a guest, you would do the podcast on Zoom instead of doing it like this in person. Hey, by the way, you gotta yeah. have a podcast these days. Yeah, no, I don't have a podcast. Um, I feel like I'm the only one. You I think you could do a podcast. I've tried. <laughs> People don't want my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably me just talking about dick and vagina all day. Yeah, that's a great podcast. It's a great podcast. Where do you get your material from? Vagina and masturbation. No, I just get mine from life, like mm-hmm. just chatting with friends and family. And then just sort of like, same with everyone, I could be watching a TV show and be like, there's something. Mm. Do you know, so when, you, when you're saying about, like, you're talking about masturbation and how you can, people get uncomfortable about it with women talking about it and stuff. I had a situation with my, do you know the, the comedian Fern Brady? Yeah, I love her. Yes. So my dad showed, bless him, my dad showed me her recently and he was like, she's just, um, she's, she's, she's great. But I could tell he didn't, he hadn't ever quite seen female comedian speaking the way that she speaks i think i don't know about you helen but i have had quite a few older men maybe even and as well as older women come up to me and be like you shouldn't talk about those things on stage you're meant to be a woman you can't be saying those things stick to the race stuff or talk about talk about something else people telling you like that wasn't for me and it's like just just don't say anything, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's subjective, isn't it? Comedy, it's not going to be for everyone. I know that I'm not going to be for everyone, but... Well, it's the same as life. Yeah, you exactly. Can. Yeah, but some people feel they need to comment, and it's just sort of like, just leave it. Just 
fuck off. <laughs> you know, do your male counterparts get that same thing? I mean, you don't know exactly, do you, what they get? Like, because obviously, like, it's so individual, like, the vibes that you get from people. I'm sure that they get a tiny bit of it, but I think, in general, it is women. But obviously, we can only speak on behalf of ourselves. That's yeah. I think as comedians get more professional, then obviously they're aware of their boundaries. I MC at open mic night quite regularly every week, and you do see some things on stage that should not be said on stage. Uh, you're just mm-hmm. like, maybe you should rethink that bit. <laughs> yeah. But that's what open mic's for, isn't it? Yeah. For finding the line and testing the boundaries. And do you find that's where you can kind of clash and burn a bit it's more if you're you going to? to? Yeah. It's no. where you also find yourself. Oh, that's so deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, do you, find, you find yourself? You'll find yourself. You find yourself. Yeah, because I, I generally... Because it's really nice for me to MC because you see people that you're like, oh, you've got potential. Not me being like in a critical kind of way, but you're like, you're got, I can see that you've got what it takes to like do this long term. Yeah, because also if Mike, you do get a lot of people who are bucket listing it and stuff. Yeah. Like coming and just want to do stand up once in their lives and like yeah. that sort of stuff. So it's not always people who are like, I want to be a comedian. People are just trying it out, which is why it's mm. nice. But like people like are so hard on themselves on the open mic scene. Like people just... Like for example, I did a gig at IMC yesterday and this woman was so hard on herself in a very difficult room where Why hardly... Why did she die? No! Was she shit? Was no, she, shit? she wasn't actually. <laughs> it's just like, it was a really hard room for everyone, including myself as an MC. It was really hard for everyone. And she came up feeling really deflated. I was like, you've already done five gigs. Like, you're not going to be amazing as you think you will be straight away. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. took me like a year and a half to figure out who I was on stage. And, and even mm-hmm. that, so it takes a lot of failure. You still die, no yeah. free from it. Takes a lot of failure. Yeah. yeah. What stands out as one of your biggest failures? So for me, obviously, like I'm now talking about having loads of self-esteem, but because I naturally have a very confident personality and persona, like it sort of happens on stage, you're talking about confidence. And the amount of times I've doubled down on it when the audience is like, fuck off. And if you go on with such high status, you've got to really bring it immediately. Mm. Otherwise you're just being a dick and attacking people. So like I'm learning that still. Yeah, Helen. A big personality thing. Helen's Mm -hmm. got great confidence. I'm not a confident person in general until I get on stage. I'm quite a shy person. People think that's hilarious. (laughs) How did you find that when you started doing... Did you find that that goes away when you got on stage? I hate public speaking. It's not really my thing. I I thrive with it. She does. And I think people find it hilarious because I do stand-up comedy now. Um, But I think it was a way of me gaining more confidence in myself and being able to put myself as having a voice and saying and being more confident in being able to say what I hell I want on stage and stuff like that. Obviously, like, I think on a personal reflection, like, doing stand-up comedy is a very different lifestyle compared to a lot of my friends who are married and have babies and are in that situation mm-hmm. where I'm still here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> doing stand-up comedy. But I'm like... I get to be on TV. Uh. <laughs> and if you could have one talent in the whole entire world, what would it be? Oh, singing. That's it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I would honestly quit comedy if I had a voice. Yeah, I I always joke with my best friend that I would enter X Factor before it got axed. Um, and she's like, if you do that, I will find you and bury you in the ground. <laughs> You're like, do you not think it's mad that there was the over 25 don't, category? Don't, don't, don't. Come on, mad. man. Wasn't it originally over 27? It something. was 27 before, and then they sort of like reduced it to 25 for a couple of years. My batch 27 now. But even then, 
but even it's the same with comedy like there is like this younger generation of like people that you have like where you're like there's an age cap I still think comedy is the best one because like for me the older the comic usually the better in general I because I feel like as a now 30 year old who started when she was like 24 I feel like when 50 year olds are laughing they're laughing at me a little bit mm. maybe at the naivety of some things mm. whereas when I'm 50 they'll be laughing with me I like my comics older I just do yeah. I think it's the same but like you more do. experience more yeah. fucking pain exactly. I want them to have really been through it exactly <laughs> 21 year olds ain't been through shit they don't understand about having to like put your food in the oven for like 45 minutes before you can eat it no one knows oh, that's a tragedy for you did you not have to ever do that? Waiting 45 minutes for food? That's your big that tragedy? Was before, yeah, that's before microwaves. <laughs> before microwaves. I wonder I'm not that old, by the way. Before microwaves? <laughs> I just never had a microwave. You're in your 30. I know, but I never had a I lived in a council estate for a very long time. We, all I knew was a very old school mum who just loved the oven. I do, I do prefer, like, if I've got a lasagna... And it, you can microwave or you can oven cook it and putting it in That's the oven. That's different for the crispy top. I totally yeah. understand what you're saying. But the way we're framing this, like they've been through loads of things, like waiting 45 <laughs> minutes for a lasagna. That's mental. And I need to know that we all know that. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Oh my God. <laughs> we're going to leave no, you with that little so nugget much. of wisdom. Thank you both so much for speaking to me. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, there we go, folks. I sincerely hope that that was enough nonsense making for you. It was a pleasure to have Helen and Sakisa on the podcast and I look forward to seeing what they do next. If you are looking for tickets for tonight's performance or any other future performances, get on to shedinburgh.com. There you will find our full schedule. And if you are feeling generous, you will be able to donate to our Shed Load of Future Fund which is to help new artists bring their work to the Edinburgh Fringe. That's it for another episode of Shedcast, brought to you by Putting It Together. Cheerio, folks!